0: Welcome to the Weekend Warriors Fishing Podcast, presented by 13 Fishing Canada. Make your own luck. We're here to scratch that angling itch and talk everything fishing. Join us as we sit down with special guests from across the industry. Now, here's your hosts, Brandon Cater and Logan Lewis. What is going on, everyone? Welcome to what is episode 22 of the Weekend Warriors Fishing Podcast. I am your co-host, Logan Lewis, and I'm very happy to be joined by my other co-host here, Brandon Cater. How's it going?
1: Good, man. Uh, Ice is forming and people are getting out on the ice. People are finding safe ice and things are kind of rolling into ice fishing season. It's exciting to to see, you know, obviously people are taking the, the right precautions and staying safe and making sure that they're finding safe ice but just seeing some ice fishing pictures and some content and talking to people that have been on the ice like yourself, um, you know, it's just great to see. And it's, uh, give me a buzzing feeling. Yeah, no, it's
0: definitely, we were talking before we recorded this here and this seemed, seem, well, it probably is one of the longest transitions from open water to first ice that at least I've had to deal with. Um, it's kind of crazy usually it feels like you don't even have time to really get the ice fishing stuff ready and and early ice is already here but i mean i still haven't got my stuff ready totally yet of course but um i don't know it's just it's just weird how how much i've had to just sit around and kind of wait right and i think yeah the nice thing is i haven't really haven't really seen too much about people that have maybe felt like they've been waiting too long and have been too eager to to get out there right there's always some of those stories but uh thankfully haven't heard anything like that yet and everyone's kind of been taking those precautions and in all honesty probably i don't know about you brandon but lots of the pictures i've seen of people on early ice it's all been like that you can tell the ice is is quite what like quite thick i guess for for first ice because i know other years lots of times i see those posts on facebook and stuff and it's like That looks like it's an inch and a half, maybe two inches, and you're somehow (laughs) out there on it, right? But I think most of what I've seen, I don't know about you, seems like it's about at least four, right?
1: Yeah, and I mean, it's been a warm fall, and like you said, a really late transition between seasons, Um, but we haven't really got a whole lot of snow, and I think that has a whole lot to do with the the ice that's being made is it's getting the opportunity to create good, solid, hard ice, clear ice. Um, You're not having to deal with snow. You you know, snow and wind kind of creates pretty crappy ice so we at least we've had um you know that kind of weather hold off and you know we're getting some colder nights it's still fairly warm i think tomorrow is supposed to be plus nine around regina saskatchewan and uh it's just kind of crazy that you know plus nine on december you know the first week in december um but hopefully that kind of fades off and the cold nights and the cold days stick around and within the next two weeks hopefully more and more people will be able to find safe ice and uh start enjoying the season
0: yeah for sure i think we have uh, moosh i was looking like plus 13 um which would be we rec- recording this tuesday night i believe so i think thursday is supposed to be plus 13 but then it kind of goes to a bit more of a cold snap i think fr- friday or something was like minus two or something like that so I, it'll be nice to, to kind of get that ice really forming i know um saw on facebook that someone had launched their boat on deef um that would have been the 29th of november wild so, like, yeah that's pretty obviously it's not locked up parts of it are Um, but yeah, obviously main lake isn't, and I'm not too sure. I haven't heard too much about last mountain. I don't know if it's, if it's, if she's wide open or or what's going on there, but definitely some of the smaller lakes have, have started to freeze up. Like I was on a Buffalo two weekends ago already. We didn't, didn't explore too much. Didn't get too crazy. But, um, like we talked about in the interview, I believe, um, just kind of checking it pretty well, every step. and, And we were around like three and a half, four inches for the majority of it and it was all nice thick clear clear stuff so any anything that was kind of cloudy or whatever i'm sure it probably would have been okay with the ice was actually getting thicker the further we headed out the sketchier stuff was like the first like five feet of shore which that's whatever right but yeah, no, i think i guess and like i alluded to you know him better so i guess do you want to introduce our guest for this episode
1: yeah absolutely i mean it's uh it was nice to sit down with him um you know i've had the opportunity to kind of get to know him over the last year in a little bit and create a little bit of a relationship with him. Um, our guest for episode 22 is Matt Johnson. Uh, he's the pro staff director for Clam Outdoors, Blackfish Gear, uh, the Ice Team, as well as All-Terrain Tackle, which, I mean, it's not super popular up here in Canada. Uh, it's kind of more directed towards Bass Tackle. But uh, nonetheless, he he's the director of four huge... Pro staff teams across the industry and, you know, manages a lot of uh, promotional members um, throughout Canada. And I think he mentions in the interview that they almost have a member in every state. Uh, So it's pretty incredible what they have going on there and um, kind of what Matt's got going on as far as like managing all these people. Um, under his kind of umbrella so uh, yeah fantastic interview Uh, if you have any kind of questions or anything about uh, pro staff if you you know if you have a brand that you've always wanted to you know kind of help promote or get on a staff or team um, I think a lot of your questions might be answered in this interview Matt gives off a lot of great information about um, the whole kind of scene as well as some other great topics you know um, clam products blackfish gear etc so Definitely stick around. You're gonna enjoy this one from Matt Johnson. Yeah,
0: that's one part I found really cool. It's kind of getting that perspective of someone who, I guess, I, like he said, he's into, he sees like three thousand applications a year, right? So it's kind of cool to get to pick his brain and kind of see what's what's going on up there when he's he's reading through these things. And you'll definitely want to stay tuned. Um, gave some tips and whatnot to kind of make yours stand out from from the rest of people and kind of things that you can do away from just your application that will definitely help you stand out. So I think that's, uh, it's one that people are going to enjoy, but, uh, we should definitely mention our sponsors here before we get into the episode. Um, we were just talking before, uh, the podcast here, um, we'll be playing their, their ad in a little bit, but lucky bastard just came out with a new beverage. I heard you saying, Brandon.
1: Yeah. So, um, most people know lucky bastard is lucky bastard vodka, or, I mean, it is lucky bastard distillers, but a lot of a lot of uh, people don't actually know that Lucky Bastard is really well known for their rye whiskey as well. Um, the only difference with that is their vodka is uh, available across the province online pretty much all year round. Uh, their rye whiskey is kind of a rare uh, small batch product. So they obviously, they create it, um, they bottle it, and it they let it age. And it only releases in small amounts of uh, quantities available at you know, certain times. So a couple of days ago they just released um a batch that was barreled in twenty sixteen. Um so they let it age for four years and it yielded just over four hundred bottles. So there's only four hundred bottles available. Um it's a Pretty rare and unique, uh, super small batch whiskey. So definitely go, if you are interested, if you're a whiskey lover, uh, go grab yourself a bottle. Save yourself 10% on the website. Use Weekend Warriors, um, the code uh, at checkout will save you 10%. I actually ordered myself five bottles. Uh, and you're ordering <laughs> them. Yeah, well, no, I mean, but it makes a really good gift too, right? It, it's a product that's not available really in liquor boards or liquor stores across the province, right? It, it's kind of a first come, first serve. Once they're gone, you got to wait. You know, it could be another year. It could be another two years or mm-hmm. six months. Who knows? They don't really, uh, you know, give out too much information when they're dropping the next batch, so.
0: Yeah. No, for sure. And then I guess up next, we mentioned Blackfish, part of part of Matt's uh, portfolio there, right, that he's, he's managing. So um, definitely, I actually, I think both times I was out there, I had the... The pullover on of course under underneath my bibs Um, definitely kept me warm and actually one of the days it started raining um while we were out on the ice so that was nice to have that right with the the waterproof and and whatnot but uh, we actually have a code that will be in the show notes below that is a podcast special code you won't see it on our socials or anything like that so be sure to take advantage of that code and and save on some of that stuff definitely i like i guess for all brands we're around christmas right definitely can can save on some of your christmas presents i know i took advantage of um lots of black friday deals whether it was fishing stuff or stuff yeah. for, for family and friends so um you can use that code save some money and then that leaves you some more money to buy yourself your own fish and stuff right so
1: yeah and like matt mentions uh, in the interview too like blackfish is pretty pretty uh exclusive to kind of who they partner with and who they give out product um Detail or deals too. So, uh, like Logan mentioned, this fifteen percent off code is exclusive to the podcast. You're not going to find too many discount codes for Blackfish gear out there. If you missed out on Black Friday, definitely go take advantage of fifteen percent off. Yeah. And then uh, up next, we have the sas Wildlife
0: Federation here. Um, I was actually I have one more day to fill my whitetail tag. Me and Brown were talking about it. Day. <laughs> one day. I I took took a day off work. I'm going to be going on the very last day. Um, Didn't pull through this weekend, uh, which was which was unfortunate. But actually the one area I'm hunting is pretty close to some SAS wildlife land. So um definitely awesome to have them hop on with the pod here. Um actually the two guys I was out with were kind of asking, like, oh, how do you how are you allowed to hunt on that land? Or like, what do you get with the membership? So I was telling them it was only like I think what was it, twenty bucks for the Musha one or something like that, and yeah, like nineteen bucks, same yeah, thing. Yeah, it's cheap. Comes with magazine subscription. I don't know how many we've gotten already. It's like it's at least two, maybe three. Yeah, it seems I don't like know
1: if, if it's one a quarter, maybe.
0: Okay, yeah, that makes I sense. Think yeah and then you've got some insurance and then it's just it's just going to a good cause right like lots of that uh, they actually oversee the fish stocking program as well now so that obviously takes resources and stuff like that and that's what a ton of people are hitting right now in early ice those those uh stock trout pots yeah those freeze up pretty quick for for most places so that's what lots of people are hitting and and they're they're part of that so definitely a good organization to support there
1: no absolutely so if you are a member of the sas wildlife federation check out uh what branch is nearest to you grab yourself a membership kind of give back to saskatchewan and the wildlife and the resources we have here to enjoy and um yeah i mean if you are tuning in from down in the states um i believe it is the saint paul ice fishing show this weekend so if you didn't make it uh up to canada for the winnipeg ice fishing show uh the saint paul ice fish show is going on this first weekend in december and i'm pretty sure you're going to be able to see our guest matt johnson um he'll be there at the clam booth i'm sure of it so definitely if you're in the in the neighborhood of saint paul uh go check out the show lots of uh, great vendors heading that way this weekend
0: Yeah. I think I also remember you saying that Keith Cavias, a former guest,
1: will probably be there as well, correct? You betcha. He did mention uh, on Facebook that he was going to be at the clam booth as well. So um, he is a member of the Blackfish Clam Pro Staff. So, you know, he'll be there, get some babies shaking hands.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there you go. And I guess uh, we've kind of talked long enough here. We should get into the interview. So right before that, we'll play a quick ad here from Lucky at Distillers, and then we'll hop right into it.
2: Get ready to stand on guard for thee.
0: Prohibition is over, Saskatchewan. Ask Lucky Bastard
2: today how you can make Canada's ultimate Caesar, true north and strong, featuring Lucky Bastard's premium dill pickle vodka, LB's famous bacon rimmer, and bacon bitters. It's not a Caesar if it's not Lucky Bastard. Order online or stop by 814 47th Street East. And tonight,
0: why not mix your Caesar with some Lucky Bastard?
1: We have an exciting guest tonight. We have Matt Johnson from down in the States in Minnesota. Uh, Matt is the pro staff director for multiple brands, including Clam Outdoors, Blackfish, Gear, and uh, a few other um, tackle brands as well. Um, so, yeah, thanks for sitting down with us, Matt. We know you're a busy guy. You were at trade shows all week, and you had a couple other podcasts and interviews you did today. Um, Maybe just take a chance here, introduce yourself, and uh, let us know what you've been up to.
2: Yeah, you bet. Well, thanks, guys, for having me on, for one. Um, This is awesome. I've watched your guys' podcast. You guys do a bang-up job. Uh, It's been busy, yeah, for sure. Yeah, my background, I've been a fishing guide for about 20 years. Started in 2001, open water and ice fishing uh, here in the Twin Cities area of Minnesota. And uh, I chase everything from panfish to largemouth, smallmouth bass, and uh, catfish through the ice, you name it. Uh, we chase it swims. We chase it. We try to catch it uh, a lot of fun, but yeah, I work at clam outdoors. I manage all the pro staff. We have 770 pro staff members, uh, over wow. four different brands. That's clam ice team, blackfish and all terrain. Uh, we have, uh, pros in, uh, almost, almost every state in the country, as well as I think four provinces in Canada. So, uh, we even got pros in that tiny little thing they call Alaska way up there. So, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. And, uh, Obviously, right now we're in the trenches of ice fishing. Uh, you were bragging already this earlier that you have three four inches of ice up there. Uh, we don't have that yet. Uh, but I'll tell you what, we're back on track. We're gonna we always say if we have ice by Thanksgiving here, which is uh, this coming Next Thursday. Week. yeah we're in good shape and we're looking like in in parts of Minnesota, we'll be ice fishing this week. so no complaints, nice. no complaints, but like you alluded to. I'm not hitting the ice anytime soon. I'm working sports shows every weekend. You know, stores are back. We're having fun talking fishing. So, yeah, yeah. Logan, and I'm going to live vicariously through you later this week <laughs> when you're on the ice jacking on big ones, and I'll be, you know, trying to sell somebody a fish house.
0: Yeah, there you go. Yeah, no, no big ones yet. We've had, we've had some fun, though. We kind of, I think it was, recording this is Monday, so I think it was Saturday, went out to uh, Buffalo Pound, which is quite close to where I live here, and just wanted to check out the ice. It Actually, we had... 90k wins i think we talked about in the last podcast we had 90k wins on tuesday i think and so that tuesday to saturday we were out there on saturday just and kind of we we put some stuff on facebook just showing that we were out there got some flack for that but safety was taken we had our float suits we had the had the picks we were checking the ice pretty well every other step kind of thing and it actually got better the further out we went so um, we are definitely happy with that but yeah 90k wins on tuesday and four inches of ice like it my my one buddy lives at the lake and he sent a video and he said it looks like like a uh, deadliest catch out there there's huge white caps and everything and and so pretty pretty surprised actually that the ice was as good as it was but it was nice nice clear stuff there's obviously some some areas where we knew not to go and there was we could see some open water further away but um, just played it safe made it out a couple hundred meters so We'll have to have to wait a little bit longer, and then we'll be running around out there for sure.
2: Yeah, so just send me some pictures later this week. Okay. Let me uh, yeah, yeah, let me uh, live through you guys.
0: Yeah,
1: I can well, actually, he- I can send you some trout pictures right now if, <laughs> if you'd like. <laughs> we went and did that, but yeah, no, it was a good time. I was sitting at the office today, and he he me and says, "Hey, I'm I'm gonna go fish some stock trout. Um, should I send you some pictures?" So, <laughs> well, yeah, always oh, send me some pictures. Like we always use some stuff for social media and whatnot. And then he starts. He sent me some pictures and. I was kind of choked because I'm sitting at my desk, and he's out fishing rainbows at 3 p.m. in the afternoon, uh, you know, early, mid, mid-November here, um, but not too many other people are out there, and, uh, you know, uh, I can't wait to get out there as well, but I don't think it'll be this week, or, you know, I don't know, Matt, you might get out there before me. Who knows?
2: I hope. I hope. We'll see. We, we, we might try to find some ice this weekend someplace, but, you know, like I said, with a wife and four kids holiday weekend being gone all the time
0: i got other stuff yeah. i gotta take care of too before i hit the hard season yeah 100 no, percent. do you guys uh kind of keep up to us with your ice for the most part like are you getting that thick ice like we get or is it kind of like other places in the states where it seems to be quite hit and miss
2: yeah we get here in central minnesota we get good ice i mean we'll we'll be driving trucks for two and a half months out there we'll have we can okay. get, i mean we don't see like lots of extensions on the auger ice where i live Uh, in fact, we rarely need to use an extension here. We get about 26 to 30 inches of ice is about kind of our max here. But if you go just two hours North of me, yeah, you'll need extensions. And as you go, uh, closer to the border towards Lake of the woods, as you guys know, yeah, yeah, you need extensions. So we're very close. We're in the the epicenter of the ice fishing world, of course, but yeah, we get good ice. Yeah. No complaints. We actually get pretty good ice even down into Iowa, which is, you know, two or 300 miles South of us. They drive trucks around down there most years. Um no. but uh but yeah I would say you're on average you're probably two weeks ahead of us, I'd say, for ice conditions. So when you start oh, ice okay. fishing, we're always, you know, seven, ten days behind you where we start to scoot out on, on the ice. Uh but uh okay. this year, last week, every lake wide open. Uh, yeah. in the last two days, things are locking up like crazy. It happens that quick.
0: Yeah, it's been getting cold at night for sure. Like today I think well, actually both days I was out, it was plus temperatures, like maybe plus one, plus two degrees Celsius during the day and so it was nice but as soon as that that sun started to disappear a bit it was cold and the ice had actually pretty well doubled in thickness from what we were on saturday on our dugout compared to today it was it was pretty crazy actually how much thicker it was and felt a lot more safe out there which was nice but yeah when you're walking
2: and the ice in front of you goes like this (laughs) like i've done before like it's kind of no bueno you kind of take a break and say you know i'm trying to catch a fish is it worth it yeah you know so We've all done it, but yeah. And like you said, you get an inch, you get two inches, and before you know it, you have four, five, six, and you're driving quads out. It happens yep. It happens pretty fast. So my encouragement for anyone watching this is don't take risk. If you have to walk to the edge of the lake or the edge of the ice, and you have to kind of scratch your head and go, hmm, I wonder if I should try this, that's probably a tall tale sign to not try it. Like, give it a couple yeah. more days, you know, at least have a buddy with you. Uh, practice all the precautions. You already mentioned a float suit, ice picks. Like I've seen pictures on social media surface already of guys on the ice, and sometimes they're out there a ways, and they're not wearing a float suit. They don't have ice picks on their neck. They don't have any of that stuff. And
1: and they're by themselves. Yeah,
2: and it's like, you know, it's, yeah. it's great to have that uh, ego boost on social media, but, <laughs> man, you know, what happens is the next guy doesn't know any better and goes shimmies yeah. out on a, an inch of ice not thinking – yeah. you know accidents turn to tragedy so ice fishing super safe just use some common sense you know
0: yeah for uh-huh. sure and that's what we kind of when we did kind of show that we were out there it was commenting back saying well this is where we were the ice was anywhere from this to this but that was the clear ice not the cloudy stuff we stayed away from that and kind of can't speak to the rest of the lake right when some of our lakes are so long that there's lots of different areas and whatnot and yeah we weren't when we were on the stuff like you said some like i've been on ice before yeah you step on it and you can like see a wave go through it right and you're kind of like oh this is kind of sketchy i've been on that ice before and and even when we're on those i know any amount of water is enough for something to go wrong but it's definitely we're staying shallow and and stuff like that like lots of times just tip ups when we're doing that and and whatnot right but even even when we went and did this we still had all those precautions and we weren't out that deep whereas someone like you said might not realize that and then they're they're walking out to the middle thinking, oh, this guy was out over here, it should be fine, right? But that middle can be
1: can be scary as well. So it's not worth the risk no. for sure. You you guys have a nice uh nice depth of ice there, that 26 to 30. That'd be that'd be a treat to have year-round with with like electric augers and, and whatnot. You know, we get upwards of you know, close to 40 inches, if not more, in on colder years and It takes a beating on those uh, electric augers and gas too, but... And my body. (laughs) And, yeah, and my body. (laughs) You're in better shape in the winter than in the summertime, it feels like, some years. No doubt. No doubt. But, yeah, no, I couldn't even imagine, like, 26 inches of ice, you could get a lot of holes. We do. Um, (laughs)
0: Yeah, going all over the place. I see lots of those videos, and it's always just hole hopping like crazy, and I'm like i I can drill my six or seven lots of times when I get into that February area and it's freezing outside, I'll be like minus 30. And then you're also trying to drill all those holes and it's like, I only got a couple in me and then you got to take a break and, and get going again.
1: Yeah. But, uh, like we mentioned, um, you are the director for a handful of, um, pro staff, um, for multiple brands. How did you kind of get into that position? So you started out with clam and it kind of just expanded and, you know, Kind of run us through how how you got into it.
2: Yeah, so you know I I fell in love with fishing at a young age. I just uh, loved to do it for no reason. I don't know why. Like my parents didn't fish. Uh, we didn't have a boat growing up. I just was that kid that every time I go to a, a store, I wanted fishing stuff. Christmas, I wanted fishing stuff, and my parents were like, okay, so they got me fishing stuff. And when I got into high school, this was prior to social media. You know, Facebook didn't exist. Uh, YouTube didn't exist, and. But internet was just starting and there was these fishing forums, uh, like chat boards. And and one that came to mind that I loved was fishingminnesota.com, which I don't think anyone even uses anymore. Uh, So I started hopping on there and I got to know a lot of people and really get excited about it to where I actually ended up earning a position on that site, which gravitated towards pro staff coordinator. So at one point we had 200 guys across uh, the country on that website that I managed throughout my college years while I was guiding. And then uh, as I started to progress, I worked for Thorn Brothers there in, in Minnesota. Uh, they're they're known yeah. for their custom ice fishing rods. They were the original custom ice fishing rod. Uh, worked there, managed the pro staff there. Uh, and then along all of that, I was on, on the pro staff for CLAM. And then in 2012, I got an opportunity to hop on board with CLAM, manage the pro staff, take over ice team. And since then, clam created blackfish so the blackfish brand was created four or five years ago so we birthed that and then a couple years back clam acquired all-terrain Tackle. so uh naturally since i was already working with so many pros and that was kind of my background uh and my open water fishing experience i knew a lot of these guys and gals that we brought on board blackfish and all-terrain that it just worked out so it's been awesome it's a labor of love i absolutely love it like i get people that ask me all the time like how do you how do you manage that many people? Like, don't you feel like you're babysitting? Don't you have to corral personalities? And I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say no, but I, I don't say that as a negative. Like it comes to the territory. And I tell you, if you're a pro staff manager and you don't love the brand you represent and the people that represent it, meaning the pros, then get the heck out of there. Like, I'm sorry. Like I, I've seen so many brands have negative pro staff managers that, you know, if they, don't, they don't even know half the names of the guys and gals on their pro staff and yeah i'm the kind of guy that if if, i mean if if this rings i'm picking it up even during dinner if it's one of our pros you know that's my job it's you know and you got to love it you got it's got to be your passion it can't just be your job and yes uh, i'm a firm believer in that like you can see the good employees at these fishing companies if it's their passion and not only just their job so um it's awesome man And, and uh you know, it's been cool. We get to work with some new people every year, and we have some that have been on board these brands for decades, literally. I mean, it's uh, it's pretty humbling, and, you know, you always got to, you know, take people with, with a grain of salt. You got to be respectful. You got to put your shoes on the other feet, you know, and and move forward. But it's at the end of the day, guys, I'm telling you what. You know what we do? We sell fun for a living. That's what we do. You know, <laughs> yeah. we work for fishing companies. Yeah. Like, we literally, we're not selling life insurance. We're not trying to, uh, you know, Repair a broken bone. We're not doctors. Like we literally, what we do as promoters or industry reps or pro staff members, we're ultimately promoting and selling fun and fun happens to be fishing. So, um, man, if you're going home complaining about your job and you work in the fishing business, yeah, man, there's so many worse things you should be complaining about. (laughs) That's just
1: me. Isn't that the truth?
0: Yeah, I think, I think that's what, especially when you get, when Like fishing, quite a few years ago was just fishing, right? But now brands are getting bigger, and you're starting to get more people that aren't like they're coming say from a university job, or they say they have like a marketing degree or something like that, right? And and they're just looking for a job. They might not necessarily have that love of fishing, right? So then I guess that's how you start to get those people kind of intermingled with the company because the company is trying to grow as well, right? But I think I think if you say you were someone with that marketing degree, and then you could also get on with a fishing company and you loved fishing, that would just be like, that'd be the icing on the cake there, right? Like that would be, and like you said, that'd be something you love. You're not, you're not going on being like, man, I'd, I don't like this. I don't care about this company or, or whatnot. Right. Yeah. And I've seen a lot, I have a lot of friends that had phenomenal jobs, you know, big paying
2: jobs for different corporations and have taken massive pay cuts to get into the fishing industry just because they're sick of uh, having to go to a job they don't want to be at. So, you know, I have one buddy in particular, I won't mention names, I mean, the guy was making a quarter of a million dollars a year. I mean, big money, and yeah. left and took a job for fifty thousand dollars a year just to be in the fishing business, just to get up every mm-hmm. day and go to work and love it. Um, yeah, there's yeah. something to be said about it. You know, it, it's it's true. I mean, it, it's it, you know, not to be cliche, but they always say if you love your job, you never work again, right? Um, yeah, I yeah. would tell you that's a lie in the fishing business because we still have to work <laughs> hard. So, you know even though we love our jobs, uh, you work a lot of hours and and that's just the name of the game.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the kind of the one thing I think about too, is it's kind of the, the trade-off, right. Of, of, if you like what you're doing or if you're just there for the paycheck so that you can, you can kind of do what you want on the side. Right. But eventually you, you've got to, you got to come to terms with that and, and kind of decide. Right. But I can, could definitely see why someone would take, take a cut to, Get into that industry and i think it's quite cool like you had mentioned at the start of the interview that you guys are kind of in the heart of ice fishing right like for and we noticed it when we talked to like youtubers or you're watching youtube or just other fishing related things right like it's pretty cool seeing in the states how things can get scaled up so much like the fact that you can get a job in the industry like that where like as in comparison to here in canada like there's a lot of well we're also also spread out too right but there's a lot of gaps where you could it's it's harder to kind of get those things but the number of jobs and stuff that seem to be in the fishing industry down in the states is is pretty crazy in my opinion and it's awesome
2: but there's a lot and you got to be open-minded and a lot of guys or gals get in board, on board these brands maybe in a position they don't really want whether it be in a customer service field uh whether it be a sales rep you know because you know finding that job on a marketing team with a fishing company, you know, that's, it's almost as rare. In fact, it's probably more rare than playing a professional sport. There's probably more NFL players than marketing guys or gals for fishing companies. So it's one of those things where, but you may have to start someplace else. You may have to start volunteering to work at a sports show and then maybe get your way into a repping job. Then maybe work at a customer service. And yeah, you know, if time, if you're passionate enough and you want to work hard enough, yeah, you can find those spots. It's you know, it's definitely doable. No, you're spot on. I got a lot of buddies up there in Canada, and they're like, you guys don't know how good you have it. Like, you know, all, all the majors are down there. All the big brands are down there. Like, you know, we're just supporting divisions of that brand up here. And, you know, mm, and, yeah. and and it's great. But, uh, you know, it's fun. But you got to, here's the thing, like, you got to be willing to do a lot. It's And I'm doing, you have to be willing to do things that you don't get paid for. And I think our current generation, to some degree, has lost touch with that. You know, it's okay to do something above and beyond your job, right? It's okay to yes. go the extra mile. Like, look at this podcast. Like, you know, we're not getting paid to do this podcast. I'm sure none of us here are, you know, paying our mortgages off podcasts, right? But you're <laughs> oh, you're nope. out there. Doing, right? But this is why you guys succeed. This is why you guys excel at what you do because you have that passion. You do those extra things, and I think, man, that's so that's so vitally important. It's and it's the reason I still guide. You know, I'm still guiding 100 days a year and and doing seminars and writing articles and posting on Facebook every day. And I get some of my friends in the industry go, why do you do all that? And I'm like, I love it. I mean, (laughs) I'm I'm a a dork. I'm a fishing dork, man. We all are. Like, that's what we love to do. And I I just pray and hope I never lose that bug. And, you know, it sticks with me until the day I die.
0: Yeah. Well, and you do it because people around you only like to talk fishing so much. Right. And then you got to find another way to get it out. Cause you're not done talking about it.
2: Have you been talking to my wife?
0: <laughs> no, I, I just, I just have uh, similar things in my life.
2: <laughs> yeah. She'll tell me and my kid, my boys, like, can we just not talk about fishing the rest of the night? I love, she's, she likes fishing. Don't get me wrong. And she's extremely supportive. Like, you know, almost to a fault, right. She's super supportive, but there'd be times she'll just say no fishing, you know, or no football or just, can we not talk about yeah. something? Can we talk about something else? And, so, yeah, yeah you're right
1: it's you gotta have the outlet too oh you you're preaching to the choir uh my <laughs> my my fiance I had some uh some new gear and stuff show up in the mail and she's like oh is it that time already and I was like well it's it's beginning in November and she's preparing to uh she says she's preparing to spend a lot of weekends alone so <laughs> I mean whatever whatever that means I mean I I was planning on taking her but uh, uh I think she just gave you a, a haul pass to go ice fishing all lunch <laughs> and <laughs> that's that's kind of what I heard too. But
2: uh, I was on on Facebook the other day. I laughed pretty hard. It said something like, you know, hey, 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 guys, make sure you check your your orders on Amazon and your delivery driver, because it seems like lately I'm ordering all these nice presents for my wife. But fishing tackle just keeps showing up on my door. So there's (laughs) got to be something wrong. I think they're hijacking your orders. Yeah. yeah. "Uh, Nice. Nice. Yeah. yeah no yeah. it's
0: nice when stuff shows up at the mail it's like a present to yourself <laughs> yeah
2: yeah and amazon makes that so darn easy i tell you what like every oh. time i have to go in my bank account i'm like what did you spend on amazon what was this what was that and uh and i'm guilty of it too but yeah then you forget you ordered something and then in 3 days it rolls in and you're like, "Oh, hey, what is this?" "Oh, yeah, yeah, I ordered that."
1: And yeah. you can do it you can do it with just one click of a button too, so it's like dangerous.
0: Dangerous. Oh, yeah.
2: Dangerous. Yeah, I try to tell my kids that my oldest boy now has a phone. He can call, he's 13, he can call it on it. He's got the different apps and and we gave him kind of a, a, a little it's a, it's a youth credit card called Greenlight. And yeah. we've tried to educate him on now you know like you can overspend, you can burn your money, be smart and You know he's figuring out pretty good, but the beauty of it is, for the most part,
1: he spends it all in fishing gear. So and that's okay. He's got he's probably got a hookup at some some pretty big companies.
2: (laughs) He does he does pretty well. But you know, here's the thing I tell you about my kids and everyone everyone makes that comment like, you know, your kids should be are going to be walking billboards for clam and blackfish. And I honestly let them do and pick what they want. Naturally, they're going to use a lot of clam stuff, right, and blackfish gear. But when we're at a show or we're at an event and, and they want to buy lures or rods, I let them pick what they want. I try to not influence them on that because what I've learned, well, whether it's your kids or your friends or your buddies or anybody, like you want them to use what they want. You want them to build confidence in it. You want them to have fun. I don't want them to feel like they have to do something. So if you look at my kids' tackle boxes, it's a lot of competitors' product. If you look at the rods they use, it's all over the place. and. And, uh, I'm not the kind of guy that's going to, going to tell them, oh, you better have a clam rod, you know? So mm-hmm. it's, uh, yeah. they're not on our pro staff. They're not paid by us. They're not, they can do what they want. They're, you know, it's different. If it's a, one of our pros, Hey, you know, I might say, Hey man, like, Hey, we're, what, why why don't you use our lure in that video? But my kids, heck no. Use what you want. No. Have some fun. Be goofy. It ain't going to catch fish. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But. Uh, well i mean your oldest son what's what's his name jack i was just gonna say jack but i didn't, I didn't want to butcher it either um but i mean he's in a lot of content with you Leon, you know, clam blackfish uh whatnot and you know he seems like he's gonna you know be something in the fishing industry too who knows if, if that's something he wants to do i mean he's definitely he's on the right track i mean he's got some big fish in, in those photos so um you're doing a good you're, you're doing a good you're yeah you're doing a good job you know directing him in you know whatever path he wants to go but no I, I just I enjoy uh how how often you you know have your kids in the content and and whatnot as well um but kind of going back to you talking about you know doing doing uh above and beyond and the extras and whatnot and you know you being kind of the director of a lot of these um pro staffs Um, you know, they kind of look at you as, um, you know, an example and, you know, even your YouTube channel over the last, you know, since I got connected with you, you know, over a year ago, um, you know, you've kind of been going hard at the YouTube content as well. You know, a lot of informational stuff that, um, you know, a lot of people are putting out days on the water, catching fish and, and you're kind of putting out lots of content based around like techniques and products and whatnot. So um, I really enjoy tuning into your YouTube channel um, and watching you put out that extra, you know, above and beyond content that you don't have to do. Um, well, I mean, neither does anybody else that puts out YouTube videos. But I mean, just the fact that you work all day, um, you know, you guide, you have a family and then you do, do go above and beyond. And, um, I mean, that's something that I noticed. So I'm glad that you mentioned that.
2: Yeah. Oh, I appreciate it. Yeah. And it's funny. Cause I first created a YouTube page a long time ago there. I don't think there was a, such a thing as a YouTube influencer when I created that darn page. And I don't remember why <laughs> I did it initially. I think I put yeah. a couple of videos on there probably in like 2006. Um, when I worked at Thorn brothers, cause we wanted to then embed them on the website yeah. And then my YouTube page, for the most part, sent dormant for a while. And then I would just kind of spit or spatter. And I actually had a sponsor. I started doing a weekly fishing report. So every Sunday all summer from April through the middle of October, when I get home from guiding on Sunday, I shoot a fishing report religiously every Sunday. Like, here's the weekly report. Here's what we found. Here's what works. And I had yeah. one of my sponsors tell me, and I used to put it on Facebook, and he said, I don't have a Facebook page. Um, is there a way you could put this on youtube so i can watch your weekly report so i literally got back on youtube like three years ago just so i could put that darn fishing report on there once a week so that 20 people would watch it probably him 18 times and (laughs) and it wasn't until about a year ago like you said when when covid hit really where i had idle hands right that my son jack said hey dad why don't you do youtube again like I love your videos on Facebook and it seems to get a lot of attention. And I said, yeah, why not? You know, if I'm going to shoot a video for Facebook, why not throw it on YouTube? But I'm not good on YouTube. I'll be honest. Like my strength is Facebook. Like I'm not, I like, I literally just upload it to Facebook and then repost it on YouTube, which if you're a YouTube guy, that's like the opposite last the exact opposite of what you should do. You should (laughs) upload it on YouTube and then share the link. Even though Facebook hates that, that's how you grow. I'm the opposite. I, you know, I I throw it at my Facebook followers and then up oh, throw it on YouTube just for you know, you know shits and grins or whatever and yeah, yeah it gets some attention it's great and, and but uh, but you're right I've seen it grow so I'm gonna put some effort into it I did last year last winter I saw it grow and I'm gonna do it again you bet I'm gonna get on the ice here and get some content and hopefully keep it booming
0: yeah I go. I think that's the biggest thing is like you said just actually putting effort into it right you I I guess like you said idle hands with COVID too that's kind of what eventually kicked off this as well, or actually got this podcast off of the ground. And I think you, you look at lots of the things you do and it's like, if I just took an hour of my day out of something else, like watch, I don't really watch TV, but for example, watching TV, if I did that for one hour less and put that into something that I think I might, might be cool to do, it's incredible what can change.
2: Absolutely. That fishing report every week, it's 10 minutes long. I get out of my boat, I walk in the garage I put my phone on a $10 tripod I bought. I push record. I walk around. I talk for 10 or 15 minutes. I walk around. I push stop. I get my boat done. I go inside, hang out with the family, do whatever, whatever, relax on the couch for an hour to decompress, eat some food, upload the video. It's that easy. Mm -hmm, And I'm probably giving away a secret that people, it is that easy. (laughs) Uh, It's not like I'm in the editing room for four hours. It's like you said, it's just. You got to have that commitment. You got to have a little bit of dedication. And I easily could have came in. You're right, ate food, sat down for a half an hour on the couch and watched TV right away. But instead, you just go and you get in that regimen. It's like an athlete. You just get in that discipline. You know that regimen, and then next thing you know, you know, people are asking you for more. Hey, thanks for the report. Yeah. That was awesome. Thank you so much. Hey, can you take me fishing? Or it's it's simple stuff. And I think uh, you know sometimes simple is easy, and sometimes people overthink it. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and it's think, really not that difficult.
0: Yeah. They kind of, they look at, uh, like Jay mentioned in our last episode, it's like, well, I want to record this. So you get like, say even just a GoPro and it's like, well, now I need a bigger computer to edit this stuff. And now I need this and that and this. And it's like literally with, you have this phone in your pocket that if you want, you could do everything with with that right and obviously you get you can get better quality and stuff with going with different cameras and all that other stuff but when it comes down to the base of it like we could really be recording this podcast off of our phones if we wanted to just talking to each other over a call right but like we, we got some things here but even still i'm sitting here in a chair for my grandma's house that's been there ever since i can remember that we now have in our house with my computer on a one of those couch dinner tables that i have set up in my basement bedroom, it's not like it's anything fancy, right? But it gets the job done, and that's the big thing: is actually just being able to get that job done.
2: Yeah, I mean, ninety percent of the videos you see on my YouTube page are shot with this. I mean, it's, it's uh, even on the ones on the ice. It's a tripod. It's barbaric. You, you see, I'm not trying to hide it. You see me push record and come jockeying around the other side of the camera <laughs> and then do something, right? It, it, it's, yeah. Because I don't think people care about that. People don't go yeah, to YouTube no. to watch a, a $1 million commercial. You know, they go to YouTube to get entertained, to be educated, to to watch some stuff. And, and again, I think a lot of anglers, I hear the, I hear anglers tell me, a lot of our pros even like, oh, I don't know how to do that. I, I, you know, your videos are cool, but I don't know how to do any of that. I'm like, you don't know how to push record on your phone and upload it to Facebook? I don't mm-hmm. have an editing software on my Surface or on my phone. Yeah. I mean, and some of these phones have the built-in iMovie program that is as easy as it gets to yeah, splice yeah. or cut or, or do something. Um, it just takes a little bit of time and effort, like you guys alluded to, like a, just a little bit of dedication, a little bit of effort, and maybe a little bit of sacrifice. And, you know, you can climb mountains.
0: Yeah, well, I'd say for like 99% of things now with the Internet, you can't say you don't know how to do them because it takes one YouTube search. Like.
1: YouTube YouTube is your friend to learn almost any skill and like there's a lot of high demand high pain skills you can learn on YouTube it's and the number one search engine what at uh, number two number two but it's owned by Google so I mean yeah tit, tit for tat I mean Google is the number one search engine because it owns YouTube as well so you Google's put the only together. number
0: one because you site you look up YouTube on Google there to you go. To <laughs> there
1: you go. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, whatever it is. I mean, if fishing isn't your passion, if hunting is your passion, or you know, if making whatever, candles. We- yeah, <laughs> making candles is your passion, right? There's there's gonna be a video somewhere on the internet that's gonna teach you how to do that. And it's just gonna be you watching that video and taking what you learned. And putting it into action. And you're not going to see any results until you, you take action. And that's what it comes down to, you know, whether it be you want to try to get on a pro staff team or, you know, whatever it is. You just you need to take small steps every day before you're going to see any results.
2: So, Logan, did you did you create a candle video?
0: Is that what I just heard?
1: <laughs> no. I mean, I could probably look one up and do it this week
0: if, if you need. If Clam needs candles now.
2: <laughs> Make sure they're blue and cracked ice.
0: Yeah. <laughs> walleye scented yeah yeah those those might not be too hot of a seller unless it's guys who need their uh their ice house to smell like walleye so people think they actually caught something
2: yeah right yeah gotta gotta continue with the uh the fisherman's fable right the, the white lies yeah, yeah. I, I just slammed yeah. those
1: big walleyes today uh those were perch yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh. question for you matt Okay, so based off the topic, you know, we've been tossing around the um, the word pro staff and um, I don't know, I feel like there's a lot of buzz around that in the industry and and people throwing that in their, you know, Instagram bios and, you know, on forums or what what have you. And, you know, people think that having pro staff in your bio means that you're a professional angler or is have you run into any issues? I'm I'm assuming you run into it lots, where you know you have a a, a young angler, you know, asking to be on a pro staff team, and and then they're calling themselves a, a clam pro. Is pro staff promotional staff member and not pro? Absolutely,
2: and I'll argue that to the day I die. I think I Thank know you. one angler that makes his living. Truly, as a professional ice fisherman, and we all know who that guy is, it's Dave Gens. I don't think anybody else, even Mitchell. If you even talked to Jason Mitchell, he would tell you he could not pay all of his bills through ice fishing. Um, So, in in the essence of it, and I would say that's the goal of anybody, even an Elite Series Bass Fishing Pro, um, their job, those brands, pick them up to promote the brands. I mean, they're literally walking billboards. Literally, mm-hmm. they have it on their shirt, on their boat, on their truck. Their goal for that brand is to promote the brand. Now, am I going to say that some of these anglers don't make a living fishing? No, because there's a lot of guys that guide for a living and you know do have success in the tournament scene. But at the end of the day, the more these anglers understand what pro means, because some anglers will come to me, I get about 3,000 pro staff applications a year. It's yep. insane. And a lot of them will say things like, Hey, I got seventh place in a tournament last summer. Um, you should sponsor me. I don't even care. If they got. Se- I don't care if they won it. Uh, yeah. It's it's more of what's your like. My questions are then, okay, what uh, how, what are your platforms? Do you have social media? Do you do seminars? Are you a writer? You know, yeah. how do you promote? What's your vid- video capability? Do you know, how to take a picture. You know, I and mean, you start to ask yeah. some of these. Really, as a true promoter, they're real simple questions, right? If you're a true yep. promoter, those are not hard questions to answer. But you can tell pretty quick those who just haven't quite figured it out because they go, oh, well, um uh, well, I don't really do any of that. I just like I just like the fish and and I'll tell all my friends about your stuff and that's great i'm I'm not it's it's not meant to be a dig on that person. It's just, yeah, it's a competitive scene right now. The fishing industry, especially on the promotional side, it's a competitive scene. You have to do something to separate yourself from the next. You have to be willing to also earn your stripes, and by earning your stripes, it doesn't just mean you did well in a tournament. It's can you show these brands that you can promote for them, that you can gain exposure. It all comes down to impressions and exposure. That's the world we live in now in this this fishing world. It's with social media being so powerful, uh, it comes down to it comes down to a lot of that if you yeah. if you're not good at that, like we have some seasoned veterans that are fifty and sixty and don't have social media, but that guy or gal rolls into a sports show and outsells everybody else on that sales floor, and that's their power, so you gotta mm-hmm. find what you bring to the table and you gotta be good at it just being able to fish. There was a time where you just needed to be able to fish well to make a, a company's pro staff. I would argue that. 95 percent of promotional figures on pro staffs now fishing is not the focus of that pro staff manager it's not yeah that's not why they're on the team you might have some guys or gals that are on the team because of that reason sure but the vast majority of they're there to promote the brand and uh, help drive impressions for those products and, and whatever it could be so you're spot on man i get that's why i was smiling when you were telling you're talking about it Because i'm like i know exactly what he's gonna say it's <laughs> you know, and, 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 you know, we got. I correct people. I mean, I'm a black and white person, man. If you don't want to hear it, don't ask me because, you know, and I, and I never mean disrespect. you you got to have thick skin, but, you know, I have no problem calling somebody out and, you know, put them in their place if they're on their pro staff and, and say, hey, you know, why'd you do this? Why'd you say that? You know, hey, hey back to reality here. I'm going to grab your foot, pull you out of the clouds um, because we all need to be put in check once in a while. It's not a bad thing. You know, but yeah, there's guys that throw that title around on Facebook a lot and beat their chest and and uh, you know, but people I think I think see through it. I do. Yeah. I, I think yeah. I think we we've, we're educated a lot in the last few years as 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 fellow peers in the industry, as consumers, as fans. They see through it, and 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 the ones that don't and and want to get excited about it, that's fine too, right? Because yeah. that person is yeah, no. going to be impressionable as well. So. I look at it as a win-win situation, but I'm not scared to put somebody in check and say, "Hey, simmer down. Like, yeah, just uh, come back down for a minute. Like, we'll, we'll be we'll be good."
0: Yeah, there's some people that that definitely definitely goes to their head, and you go say to their Instagram profile, and and you see their bio, and you can tell that that like they they want that notice, and that they think that they should be something special for that, and it's definitely it is it is special to get on on someone's team right like you applied to it for a reason you want to be there but there's also i was gonna kind of i thought it kind of piggybacked well off this of there's companies there's lots of companies doing this and there's lots of different ways that the companies do it right like some of them they only got a handful of people on their team right or another one is like you can be joe blow off the street and oh you know of us well then here you go like you can be on the team, kind of thing, right? And so it's definitely people. I guess people are going to be how they want to be, right? Lots of people like to poke out their chest and walk around like they like they've done something special, and then other people, it's like I'm happy to work with this company. It's something I believe in, and just grateful for the opportunity, right? Right.
2: Yep. Yeah. No, you're yeah. right. And, and there's all walks of life, and and uh, it, it's it's long as they all touch a crowd, and they all have a purpose. You know, that's good. If they begin to not have a purpose and they be, begin to come become complacent, complacent, then you got to kind of have that conversation with them, right? So, you know, there yeah. can be a fine line. You're absolutely right. They're absolutely kidding, but yeah, yeah. I, some people want to be on on all these pro staffs. And you know, I had one guy tell me years ago. This was during sports when I played in college. He he was good. He was the best player on our football team. And I remember saying to him like. You know, man, you're just so humble. You, you don't you don't brag. You're not cocky. You, none of that. And, and like and, and I'm thinking in my head, you have all the right to be like you're this amazing player. You're all you're you're the best. And, the, you know, and he said to me, he goes, you know how you've made it. You know, you've made it when you never, ever have to brag for yourself and you let everybody else do it for you. That's how you know you've made it. And and that stuck with me for 20 some years you know and it was and then this like i said this guy could have could have easily walked around and said i'm the best because he was Mm -hmm. no he didn't say a word and and but everyone else did like oh you see so-and-so he's so good or man man we got to play so-and-so like and and i told that to some of these anglers too like you know let other people brag for you that is the most positive form of flatterment ever if you don't have to brag about a fish you catch or how good you did in the tournament, but everyone else is like, Hey man, you see Logan just won that tournament? Man, he cracked a big bag. That's awesome. Versus Logan going, Hey guys, you see the big bag I just got? Like, mm-hmm. so pretty, some pretty cool advice. And I think a lot of young kids can take it to heart and, uh, and, and really listen to that. And man, it, it's been cool. Something I've, I've tried to teach my kids to like, you know, let other people break for you, you know, don't
0: do it yourself. Yeah yeah work did, in silence yeah did he have uh did he have any advice on how to uh how to not to react but how to how to act when someone does brag for you because that that's happened before someone's like say we were out fishing the weekend before right and then we're going to do tip-ups again the next weekend someone's like oh logan did this 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 and i'm just like i don't I didn't think you don't, you don't really think it's anything special either sometimes. Right. And you're just like, I don't know how to react, react to this kind of thing. Maybe that is being humble. I don't know, but I'm just like, I'm not going to be like, oh yeah, you should have, you should have seen it. I did, I did this and that. And like, it's just kind of, I don't don't know how to react to those things.
2: And there's all kinds of personality types, you know, like some guys run with it. Some guys take it as uh, you know, as just a positive and, and, and some guys, you know, you're, you're probably a humble, humble dude. And that's you know, I think we can use more of that. It's it's okay to to just kind of suck up your pride, even though if uh, someone's talking good about you. And, and honestly, sometimes it's just fine to say, "Hey, man, dude, thanks. That was cool." Yeah. Like, yeah. hey. And I think a lot of us are too quick to not do that. It's you know too quick to not hey hey thanks man, I appreciate that. Like you know people say nice things to each other. You know that's what we do, right? That's okay. And but uh, no, he didn't give me any advice back then on on that <laughs> kind of stuff. I, I he was I don't I just think he just kind of rolled with it. I don't think he really uh um got too involved in, in all that, but you know it's it's good. And and I had another guy tell me too, he's you know, with the sponsorship side of things and the pro staff side, the jersey thing, right? We do jerseys at clam and it's just a clam jersey. Like it's it's the the name on the front of the jersey is more important than the name on the back, right? You know, oh, yeah. that's super important. You know, but some guys have the, the NASCAR-up jersey and, and I have one too, you gotta promote your sponsors during certain functions. But I've had other guys tell me, you know, you know how, how you've made it. And uh, I'm like, how? He goes, I have all those same sponsors and I don't have to wear that darn shirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I had one guy tell me that years ago, a successful musky angler. And, you know, because a couple, couple guys came into the Thorn Brothers shop and jerseys and all the logos. And he's like, man, look at these clowns. And, and I'm like, clowns, like they're good anglers. He goes, no, 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 good anglers. But he's like, you know how you've made it? you have all those sponsors and they don't make you wear that stupid shirt. <laughs> yeah, I was like, all
1: right. Like, well, yeah.
2: you know, touche, you know, checkmate, I guess.
1: No, hundred percent. But, and like, this is a good topic too, because like the whole kind of like work in silence and, you know, promotional staff member versus like a pro angler, you know, there's a lot of young anglers, especially with social media, you know, f- videos, photos, whatnot coming up, you know, in the industry and, trying to get on with brands and whatnot. And, um, you know, there's a lot of people that don't really know kind of what it all entails or how to, you know, get somewhere that they want to go. So um, when it comes to like social media and you being a promotional staff director, um, what do you? What are some things that you like for sure look for when you're like, hey, I want, you know, I see Logan there. You know, I really like what he's doing. I, I'd like him on my pro staff team what, what are some things that you would look for? Um, you know, if you could give some advice to some up and coming up and coming anglers, looking to maybe make a move like that. Everyone's just making an example of me tonight. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, so let me think positive situations where Logan's impact the community. Hmm. <laughs> yeah.
1: mm, it's it's not that mustache. <laughs>
2: hey, hey. <laughs> honestly, like first and foremost, integrity, like, you know, if you're going to turn me off right away if if I see you um, not show integrity or respect. And, I mean, the, the, you can have fun. Don't get me wrong. Like, I, we have guys in our pro stuff that like to goof around and poke fun on social media. Um, does it border a little bit on the unprofessional side at times? Sure. But integrity is so important. So, if I see guys that, that have strong integrity, have a solid following, engage with their crowd – uh, that's so important. Social media is there for you to engage with people. That's the purpose. Yeah. If I see, yeah.
1: it's called social media for a reason. Yeah. Right. All
2: you're doing is posting content. It could be the best content ever, but you're never answering questions that your co- that your fans hit you up with, or you're never ever re engaging with anybody. To me, that's a red flag. You know that mm-hmm. just personally, because if I see 45 comments on a guy's picture. And 17 of them are questions, and not one of those questions is answered. To me, that's yeah. to me that tells me you're you're just maybe some ego. And again, this could be assumption. So I'm not saying this, that, or indifferent. But I've just seen some of those those skill traits, right? So strong integrity, a lot of respect, you know, willingness to engage with your followers. Um, you know, I, I always I don't need as a pro staff manager. I don't need you to send me piles of content. You know, if you have some good content and you want to send them my way, great. I don't want you to never send me anything. Don't get me wrong. But your job as a promoter is to promote for us, you know, yeah. not just send me stuff and go, well, I send you a bunch of stuff. Why aren't you posting that? You know, mm-hmm. so that's something I try to teach your guys, too, is we want you to promote to your crowd, engage your crowd, get them excited. So, you know, and it's not about repetition. You know, if you post 77 times in a day. You're not going to get my attention any more than a guy that posts once or twice and has it make meaning. So I've also tried to teach some of our pros that, or up and comers like, is sometimes quality over quantity, right? You know, that's a that's an easy thing to teach somebody, you know. But pride, integrity, understanding of the product. If you're going to answer a question wrong, oh boy, like you know, <laughs> you got to do a little bit of research. Like you know, if you're going to be a promotional member for for a team or a brand or a product. You better know that product. And I would even challenge these up-and-coming pros to know the product before they even approach said pro staff director. Understand the product. Like, show them that you've already invested your time uh, and and passion into the brand. Because what happens, a lot of pro staff managers will see it as, okay, who else are you asking to be sponsored by? Did you just hit up every fish house company and hopefully one sticks? So if you have some level of a track record, like, hey, man, I clam, for example, I've used clam products for 10 years. I love it, man. You know, I have the Nanook and and now I got the Voyager X and I love the the bigger poles and it's helped me catch more fish. And, you know, those types of things tend to stick with us more. Oh, hey, this person kind of actually gets our brand versus, you know, I love clam. I bought one of your fish houses 10 years ago. I don't remember the name, but it's so nice. Like I kind of go, yeah. Like, hey, man, you can't fish a fisherman, you know, like (laughs) we've kind of been there, done that. But, you know, I would say that stuff's important. And then, you know, if you're going to approach a a sponsor, you know, have a little have a little level of polishness. And I mean, you know, an email to customer service saying I'd like to be sponsored, I fish all the time. That usually falls on deaf ears, you know. Put together a resume, yep. put together a bio, put together something so that there's something uh, tangible and maybe some level of intimacy with that angler that you can learn something about them. Versus, hey, I'd love to be sponsored. I like to fish all the time, you know. I'd like to use your stuff and tell my friends about it. Like, great, like you and another million people. Um, mm-hmm. So, come up, be go the extra mile. Kind of back to the beginning of this podcast, go the extra mile put forth a little bit of effort, and uh, it, those are at least the ones that make it to step two with me, where I actually take the time to read them versus the one paragraph, sponsor me email. Um, yeah. So I, I commend the person for taking one step, but you know the next step you fell off the ladder. So it's um, it's important, I think, to do it because it's competitive, right? Like we said, it's oh. 3,000 inquiries a year just for CLAM Pro Staff every year. That's about what you
0: go to? Do you have someone that helps you with that? Or so is I go that... through every one of them. I'm picky. Okay.
2: Uh, it's not a control thing. It's just, you know, it's, I, I want to understand what's going on. There's a lot of guys that have approached us that it takes them two, three, four years to get on board pro staff because yeah. in year one, I tell them they're not ready. And, 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 and if that person is hungry enough, they'll listen to why I, to listen to me as to why I tell them why they're not ready. Um, and it's not me trying to pick on people. Uh, I'm I'm going to be honest. So there's many guys on our staff that it took them three, four, five, six years to get on board. And every year, hey, man, I've I've worked on this. I know you mentioned this. How am I doing? And hey, you're doing better. Not quite there yet, you know. And yeah. So and and some guys just can't listen to that, right? Because yeah. ego. I tell them sorry, you're not, not there yet. <laughs> and, and I get the the digital fu, and they walk away and. You know, you're not going to hurt my feelings, but that's life, you know. So, yeah, yeah. but, you know, the guy, the, people are getting, they're getting good though. I'll tell you what, like, man, the resumes and stuff, it's, it's becoming tough, especially like on the Blackfish side, where we're very selective. Clam, we, we're a little more widespread. We have to really hit it hard for like 10 weeks. Like, yeah. it's like 10 weeks of control chaos to sell everything we've got across the entire country. So we do have a little more widespread pro staff that blankets the entire ice belt. Blackfish, were a little more selective on who we work with. So um, it gets a little more difficult to to
0: plan around that. Yeah. And I think that's, um, I know like before this, this started, like Brandon's definitely out of the two of us, the marketing side of things, right? Like he knows, I guess he went to school for it too. So that, that probably helps, but he, he, he knows what's going on there. And I just with my personal page and whatnot, I had, I had had some, some different pro staffs and stuff like that, but I, I wasn't really someone who liked to sell themselves, I guess, if that makes sense, like kind of thing. And and is definitely good at being like, this is our value. This is this is kind of what we're doing. This is our plans for the future. And so definitely like I, it's been awesome having him to deal with that kind of stuff, right? And I think the biggest thing for me is, you, especially with social media, there's so many, I don't know, if, well, there is a lot of fake people out there, but there's so many people that are, willing to do something just to try and get that sponsorship or just to try and get this or that. And when you mentioned the fact that like, hey, maybe show that you actually used our stuff instead of asking every other um, fish house brand if if you could be on their sponsorship. Right. So I think that's a big thing for for us. And for me, when I have my personal pages, it's it's stuff I've used. I don't want to like people are that are taking the time to ask me, hey, do you like these bibs? Well, I'm not going to like if they're actually taking the time to ask me, I'm not going to be like I, I wouldn't want to lie to them, right? For one, so you're gonna to want to be with a company of stuff you know you actually like to use yourself. Like, why would you why would you tell someone else to use something if if it's not good, right? And and spend their money on it, right? But I think that's a point I really like. There is to kind of actually have used at least some of the stuff or know know something about the brand instead of just taking a shot in the dark and seeing what sticks, like you said.
2: Yeah, I actually had a two years ago. I had a pro staff application or resume come through the email, and. Hey, dear clam, you know, pro staff manager. And it was a, it was a, it was a decently writ- written four or five page email. And the last, the last line in the email said, uh, <laughs> you know, I sure hope you consider me for the otter pro staff. <laughs> that was the last line. So what that tells me is he missed one. He missed one. Change he missed of, one edit. Yep, yeah. missed one edit there when he sent the same resume to clam this time around. So Uh, that was a hard response for me. Hey, appreciate it. Nice written. Next time, take the otter out at the end. Thanks. Smiley face. He never replied to me.
0: Yeah. He's like, oh man,
2: that one went around the office. It was, it was a little, little entertaining. Uh, when that one went around the office.
1: Some ball, material. (laughs) I, I, that probably happens so often though. Like, uh, you know, just a good old copy and paste and search for keywords that you need to switch out and you're going to miss it. But, uh. Yeah, nonetheless, I mean, a lot of great information there. If you're somebody that's, you know, young, you have a lot of products from a brand that you like and you're trying to get on a team, like, really, really good information right from, you know, the resource right here. You the know, horse's man. mouth. <laughs> yeah, right from the horse's mouth. You know, the guy manages four uh, pro staff teams and, uh, I mean, micromanaging is not one of my things, so... Um, you know, over, overseeing that many people is, is, a, is a win for me in, in my books. Like, you know, good for you, because that's not my thing. Um, but while we're on the topic of clam, because clam got brought up quite a bit, there are quite a few new products. And with it being, you know, November here, early ice, some of us in Canada are tiptoeing on ice uh, with precaution already. I'm down there in the Midwest, you guys are kind of preparing the next couple of weeks What are some noteworthy um, products um, that you think listeners need to know about?
2: Yeah, I mean, clothing's a huge one. Um, You know, Ice Umber by Clam is is one of our bread and butter parts of the brand, for sure. And uh, having a good float suit, I think, is important. So we came out with another float suit this year called the Defender Suit. Super rugged, super beefy, super durable. Uh, Can't beat the thing up. It's bulletproof. Uh, and it's got all the bells and whistles. We have a women's float suit again this year, but we've really revamped this. And I think in the past, our women's float suits got overlooked uh, because I'll be honest, I don't think we made that great a one. I don't think we listened to our gals. We didn't have the the right fit, the right features, all this stuff that these gals want. So last fall, we brought in 40 gals from across the Midwest that make up some of our pros that are leaders of certain women organizations that have huge influence and, and hear a lot of things. And we brought them all in last October, brought in a bunch of food, did this huge focus group and our clothing team literally sat and wrote down everything and created a suit exactly off of that meeting. And that's our new women's rise suit. It's super cool. Any gal that's tried it on over these last three shows has loved it. Um, definitely something to look at. Uh, and then we have another youth float suit. We've been making youth float suits for years, And we created another one that actually has an adjustable inseam. So kids come in all different sizes. Now you can buy your kid that size medium youth float suit and they can wear it for more than a year because you can adjust Mm -hmm. that inseam and and tailor the legs a little longer for the second year of use. So that's been, been big. I'm big on it. If you come to any of my ice fishing seminars, the very first thing I will address in any one of them is the importance of clothing and layering and being warm. I don't care what rod or lure or vexlar or fish house you have. It doesn't matter. If you're cold out there, you're not going to want to do it. And uh, that's super important. I mean, we got oodles of fish houses. We have uh, um, a new pop-up one, which is super cool. Uh, It's actually called the Lookout Thermal. It's got windows around the entire perimeter spaced out. So no matter where you're sitting in the hub, you can see out at your tip-ups and stuff, uh, which I think is great because the first complaint we all hear about a hub house is... Where you put, I can't see my tip up. I can't see this. Now you can see all over. That one's been huge. We're already out of that one at Clam. Uh, the retailers have not but we're already sold out of that particular model. It's yep. been a huge hit. Um, and then we got a bunch of lures. You know, you guys up there in Canada helped push that leech flutter, flutter spoon for us. It was like a big deal. Like, it was it <laughs> was too, massive. Right? <laughs> like, that was, you know, going up to Lake of the Woods and uh, Lake Winnipeg and wherever... Uh, so we evolved into a new Flutterspoon called the Ribbon Leech. It's yep. half the thickness. It's got an insane wobble. So the boom, yeah. See, dude, you're already that like was drinking <laughs> the, you're already drinking the Kool Aid. Love it. And, uh, <laughs> but the Ribbon Leech is super cool. I used it last year a bunch of times. It's got a. a you can actually. I don't know. I've never fished a Flutterspoon in my life, and this isn't trying to be a sales pitch. We're on the wobble. You feel in your rod, like you feel it in your rod. Like I fished a lot of flutter spoons. I believe in them, but you really can feel that wobble on the way down. And it's a cool spoon. And, um, so that's fun. Of course, the silky,
1: uh, hear lots about it on social media. I mean, we don't, we don't have the panfish that you guys have in the Midwest up here in Saskatchewan. I mean, we have perch. We don't have the crappies or in, in the, um, uh, the bluegills and whatnot, But there's a lot of hype about those silkies on on social media.
2: I have, in in 20 years of being involved heavily in the ice fishing business, I have never seen a more viral product in my life. Like, we have, we get hate mail from people because they can't (laughs) find it. Like, I'm literally, it's, and they sell it so fast. Like, we had a show this weekend and the retailers that brought plenty of silkies, they sold out in two hours on Friday gone like we stopped marketing them in our booth like halfway through the first day because people were coming in upset that they couldn't find them um super cool product uh, if you can get your hands on some buy a bag or two there's a learning curve but i'll tell you what it's a super cool uh, it's never been done before it's one of a kind um we have uh, a lot of new rods and reels um some new accessories there's a new accessory lineup that i'll touch on uh and then we don't need to be a lot of product with a dead horse um, the clam lock system is probably yes. behind the silky. Is probably our hottest thing at these shows. It's a it's a puck style system where you have interchangeable parts that slide onto this puck, and you can use different things. And we got rattle reels, gear bags, coolers, rod holders, cup holders. It has been, I would say, beyond that silky, uh, far and away the most popular thing we're seeing at shows, and people are gobbling it up because you can use it for a hub house. It actually goes on the The hub, inside hub, the puck does, and you can interchange it. Mm -hmm. It can go on your fish trap and go on the wall of your permanent house and go on your boat, go on your garage. So it's fun engaging with consumers that walk in and go, hey, you know, I'm going to use that. Yeah, How are you going to use it? I'm going to use it by my kitchen sink. What? (laughs) One guy was like, yeah, I'm going to put it in my kitchen sink. I'm like, sweet. You know, like, so (laughs) lots of cool stuff. I mean, the Clam (laughs) Doors website's pretty sweet. You can go there and browse all the stuff. Uh, Almost every ice fishing retailer in the continent that carries ice fishing gear carries clam, so it's not hard to find some of the stu- stuff they may not carry everything but uh you know all the cabela's canada st- locations are loaded with it um uh, there's a bunch of independents up your way as well and uh, or you can order stuff online so we got some cool products we're pretty spo- yeah, we're, we're spoiled nowadays you go into a retail store man whether it's tackle whether it's clam or someone else like We were talking about that today on a podcast. We're so spoiled. Like, we have... If you can't go out there and at least have the right tool to catch a fish, Mm -hmm. I don't know what to do, man. I don't know. Maybe there's no fish in the lake, but we have the tools. If you have a little bit of money that you can invest in ice fishing, you can buy the right tools to get it done.
1: Yeah. Oh, 100%. Like, I mean, there's the products like like so, the rods in the the shelters and stuff. we got the technology with all the, the live scopes and... Uh, you know act target yada 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 um but yeah going back to the clam lock system like that was life-changing for me last season i had ordered um the puck system i think i put three in my hub and uh, got a couple accessories and you know even just out for the day you know hanging rods putting up you know cup holders and having somewhere to put your drink that you're not spilling everywhere somewhere to you that has a magnet that you can um quickly you know a hook on, um, or for ice camping, you know, the one or two times I got out ice camping last year, just the the way that it makes organization and it, it just makes the whole ice camping experience easier because you have uh, a shelf here. You have your cooler here with all your baits, and you know maybe a couple Gatorades, and you have your rods over here, and uh, and then like you mentioned, you can latch that onto your quad or or your sled or whatever. Um, it's it's honestly, if if you haven't heard of the Clam Lock system, go check it out. I mean, it's it's actually exceptional. Like I'm not just saying that because Matt's on. Um, it, it, it it's it's game-changing. I don't like to say game-changing a lot, but it is game-changing. And it doesn't just not, it doesn't just work with Clam. Like, you, you can interchange it with different hub brands, correct? Yep, it'll work on pretty so, much any
2: hub that has a center center uh, screw system, which I think is all of them. Um, it's okay, universal. Yeah. It's super cool. And, and we're going to evolve okay. it. We added three, yep. four new pieces to it this year, and you can bet we're already brainstorming new ways to add stuff to it next year. So uh, that's here to stay and I think you'll see it get even better.
0: Yeah, I saw that uh, the video. I think where Sobi was showing it off, um, and I think he like had mounted it to the side of the the box in his quad or something like that as well. Like it's kind of kind of crazy. Like and like you said, the guy said, "I'm going to put it by my sink." It's like if people can find a use for it, then like why not, right? Is it, it? And that's what's nice is you can use it on so many different things, like he showed in that video. Absolutely. No, it's cool stuff. Yeah, lots of good products. And
2: I always encourage people to check the website because I just talked about 1% of them probably. We got six thousand SKUs on our company now for on the, just on the ice fishing side. So go to the website, check it out. There's lots of videos on there, good tutorial stuff, and you can kind of learn for yourself as well.
0: Yeah. I think I think one thing regarding that that I wanted to ask was um as Brandon note, like I, I haven't tried one of the sled, like the flip over shelters. And Brandon knows that, like I talk about him all the time, like, oh, that'd be so cool to, to try one. But then I, I watched a video a couple weeks ago and it was like there, it was some ice fishing show in the States somewhere. I'm not I'm not sure where, but um, and all different kinds of, of the flipovers. But it was kind of showing like the top five most like tricked out ones that guys like guys in the States compared to like if you go up to last mountain, most guys are out there with their truck or their quad and they're pulling a pop-up and it just pops up and they do that for the day. Right. But then lots of these guys like, like the great lakes guys and, and whatnot. Some of these guys have just crazy contraptions, right. That they're, that they're building. Trickier so, trap. Yeah, exactly. So I, I kind of want to know what's one of the most interesting, I guess, DIY things you've seen to base, basically taking it from its base model to, to what it is.
2: So there's an event here that Thorn brothers has now called the portable modification get together. And actually started I started that in a park in two thousand and three when I was in college. It was ten of us with our fish houses. Back then you had to build it all at like a a Menards or a Lowe's, right? You didn't have Mm -hmm. clamlock. You had to trick your trap because you went to a hardware store and built stuff. And that event still exists. So we actually I think the video you might have been referencing was probably filmed at that event three weeks ago. There's a guy named Paul Loglin who was at the original event in 2003, and he was there again this year in 2021. He's got the most insane tricked-out flip-over. It's on an actual trailer that hooks up to the back of your truck and can drop to the ice. And he has satellite dish, uh, ways to cook <laughs> foods, reach, everything, it, it, and everything collapses into this diamond-plated metal box. And then he drives oh, his well. quad on it it's it's unbelievable if somebody google goes on facebook and searches for paul loglin you'll see his he he does it better than anybody and he he told me he's got 300 hours into this 300 hours okay. of modifications to get ready for this cuz they actually give out prizes at this event every year and he won it this year and he won it handedly everybody that brought all their tricked out houses walks around the group and they're all just like well
0: this sucks why'd i come this year
2: (laughs) (laughs) and he's it couldn't happen to the one of the nicer human beings like we talk about integrity he's like the picture perfect dictionary guy and and he's not a pro staff for anybody he's not sponsored by anybody he's just a he's a truck driver that is obsessed with ice fishing and he's got the most tricked out flipped over contraption shack you've ever seen lights I can't even begin to tell you everything that's in it. He was watching uh, the the Minnesota Gophers football game inside a stadium inside of his tricked out flip over shack. It it, it was like he's. It's pretty sweet. So yeah, some of these guys are super hardcore. They build their own like uh, wood cabinets throughout the entire sled. They they carpet it. They have toggle switches that turn on lights and blower fans and heaters and, you know what that's awesome. I started the event. I was that dork at one point. I am now the simplistic angler as a guide. I don't want stuff to break. So yeah, uh, yeah. you give me that shack for a winter, you know, I'm going to break half the stuff in it. So, uh, but it's cool. Yeah. It's a hot topic. If you go on social media and look at those trick or trap, uh, groups, they're blowing up. It's massive. It's a big deal yeah. right now.
0: So, so why do you, why do you think that would be so it's such a big difference from from up here to down there with that kind of stuff because like I, you every pretty well everyone here it's the i guess what would you call it the stock shelter that comes right there's not really much for modification if anything if you're ice camping then you're obviously bringing a bunch of other stuff to kind of trick it out because you're going to be staying there for a while but like lots of these ones that i see in the states it's like i don't like, I don't know if it's just different, like we're doing a lot more moving around. We've got big, like bigger places to go. I don't know w- what it is, but like, what, what, why do you think there's such a difference?
2: I, I, honestly, and uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to take a dig on the dudes down here in the States. You know, we got a lot of pros in Canada, right? And I'm going to tell you the the guy that lives in Northern Minnesota, which I would equate to the same mindset as that Canadian ice angler, right? They're there to catch fish. They're hit, if, when you hit the ice, you're, you you want to catch fish. That is the, mm-hmm. your, your purpose on the ice. Now, I'm not saying guys here in central Minnesota don't want to catch fish, but they also just want the nostalgia factor of going out ice fishing. So they'll go out okay. there and yeah. set their fish trap. They'll punch their two holes. They'll flip their trap. They'll, they'll shovel an area out. They'll set up their rods. They'll get the lights going. They have the carpet laid down. They do all this stuff. Well, I've already moved twice. the time they get set up i think the mindset for anglers that are in canada and northern minnesota and even north dakota really because north dakota is probably in the same same ballpark as you guys yeah you're you're, it's it's a mission it's war it's war with the fish you're out there trying to catch fish and and that's your your end goal and you want to do it as easy and as efficiently as possible and i don't think playing with all these gadgets is is the route to go and um god bless them but uh you know, I just think the mindset in Canada, especially when I look at our pros, it's it's battle, it's yeah. battle mode. I mean, when you hit that ice, it's you have more extreme conditions. Your gear takes more abuse. Do you want to do you, you want to mess with a toggle switch and a blower fan inside of a fish trap when it's forty inches Eight of ice 40? And twenty below <laughs> yeah. zero, and you're trying to stay alive? No, yeah, no. <laughs> Guys down here drive their pickup trucks and all these manicured plowed roads. Lift it up gingerly with their buddy out of the back of their truck and set it under the ice. You know, my buddies that guide up in Canada are trying not to break stuff every other week. So I I think the mindset's different. The conditions are different. And at the end of the day, I think where you live, uh, it's battle mode. You're out there to catch fish. You're out there to get it done. You're out there to grind it up. And I think we have a smaller percentage of that angler down here. I really do. Okay. I, th- I think we have a smaller percentage of that angler where they're content. Eh, I'm going to go ice fishing this weekend. Hey, if I don't catch anything, then eh, whatever. I had a bunch of beers. I had some fun. Hung up with my buddies. That was a successful yeah. trip. And that's great yeah. too. That's fine too. But you know, I, I think there's just a different mindset.
0: Yeah. I think that makes sense. And I guess I, I should say, I'm talking about portable shocks here. Cause there's definitely some guys here that we don't see like ice castles as much as you do in the States or maybe, maybe out East, but, um, definitely you see we what we get a lot of here is trailers like 1970
1: camper nine, trailers
0: so like, yeah camper trailers that are converted and those get tricked out or like me and me and dad built like uh it's basically like a huge i think it's 8 by 12 shed is basically what it ended up being but that's ours that stays out at buffalo on on i guess our home like but when i'm going out to last mountain or deep like obviously i'm not taking that right so so those gets those get tricked out like that dad will kind of hang out there and the fishing slower he starts putzing around so there's a lot of cool little gadgets in in there right but yeah so i, I was talking about the portable ones because that just seems to be night night and day but it does make sense right those those guys are going out there for a weekend going out with the boys kind of thing having fun if if the fish come around that's great if not they had a good time right right
2: and i also think you mentioned alluded to it earlier too you know you guys in canada aren't chasing the bluegill and the crappie as much though that's our key yeah. species here in the midwest like that's the most sought after species and it requires you to move a lot you don't see okay. guys effectively targeting panfish with a hub house you can't do it you know, now when I'm walleye fishing on Lake of the Woods or Red Lake or Mille Lacs, I can effectively fish with a hub house because I'm trying to, to intercept them through main corridors. I'm trying to structure fish, and I want them to come to me, right? You don't want to chase walleyes. You know, mm-hmm. you want to kind of get on productive spots where they want to come in to feed, where bluegills and crappies, you're, you're chasing them. You're, you're just running after them all day long. I mean, that's the nature of the beast, where you don't have success unless you're just content catching them during prime time. So, it could be a differentiate of of target species and availability, and you know we also have a, a, a lake on every single corner. So guys are always dragging their gear out by hand. There, there's plowed roads everywhere. It's just ice fishing down here is 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 a state sport it, in Minnesota. Yeah. The way it is. I mean, you, you see a thousand people on a lake down the street on a Saturday in January and February. It's it'll blow your mind. It's it's crazy. I mean, it's. And I think half those guys out there, they're out there to socialize, to start a fire on the ice, to see if they can drink an entire case of bush latte before the weekend's <laughs> over. Like <laughs> yeah. that's why they go out. And, yeah. uh, you know, it, it's, teach their own, what, you know, set a goal for yourself. If you're happy and you consider it a success. Awesome. That's of right my about. book.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. I think that's a, a big population thing too, right? Like I, it's some crazy stat, like, x percent of canadians are this far from the border we've got amazing fisheries here that are you're like definitely we have places where yeah there'd be a thousand people out on the lake two thousand people right when you're kind of the more populated areas but then you can go you can head up a couple hours and you're not going to see a lot of people right so i think that's a big thing too like plowed roads never heard of it (laughs) on a lake right not never heard of it but yeah and and i think that's the big thing it's just it's if you've got the people there to do it right and like you said it's like a sport for for you guys right so i think that's the the big difference there too we we plow the roads with our four by four <laughs> yeah
1: you follow other the, people <laughs> the undercarriage uh makes the path yeah <laughs>
2: we've done that too i've uh, we would fish some lakes in northern minnesota where i remember we used to tie a, a a tow rope the guy driving first would wrap it around his trailer hitch the guy he would tie it around his front winch and when this guy got stuck, because he always did, you'd pull him back yeah. three, four feet so he can get another 20 yards to make the <laughs> own path. And we used to do all that kind of stuff. But no, you can find Paul Rhodes here. But yeah, it's, and every time I head up to Canada, it's like, you better bring the snow machine because your truck ain't going to help you.
1: Yeah. Where where have you, where, have, where have you ice fished up here in Canada?
2: Oh, Lake Winnipeg, uh, Lake of the Woods, every, uh, all parts. uh been northwest angle
1: quite a bit. Not Saskatchewan,
2: though. No, not Saskatchewan. No, <laughs> I, I haven't been. <laughs> yeah, I haven't, uh, I haven't been that brave quite yet. Um, but uh, no, being a guy down here and, and working down here full time, it's hard for me to make some of those trips. Like my getaway trips end up being like North End of Lake of the Woods, Whitefish Bay, that kind of stuff. Or, or like I said, I've done the Lake yep. Winnipeg run. I fished the Red River, the Winnipeg River back in the day, and uh, Northwest Angle and Portaged In, that kind of stuff. But no, I haven't been up, you know. Quite the god's country yet to chase some megas. I got guys that go way up there and fish them lake trout in what? Uh, Al- Alabatha? Athabasca. Athabasca, yeah. And fish them giant lake trout. I, I have guys that have done that. and uh, But no, I haven't done... It sounds like I haven't done the cool trips. I got to get that on my bucket list. <laughs> there
0: yeah. you go. There's definitely get a lot. We have, we have a ton of lakes too. Like you said, you have a lake on every corner. Like You kind of go on Google Earth, Google Maps, and, and take a look at at the lakes and stuff and i guess it's just a question of if you're gonna make the trip that's the big thing like it's uh, there there's even when i think it was like it's only like minus two and we're kind of getting getting going on some of the ice it's like how do we do this again when it's minus 30 minus 35 and willingly come out and do it like no it's going to be like that the next day and still plan a trip right but that's it's kind of what you got to do when you are a weekend warrior like like lots of us are you, you only have those that saturday sunday so whatever weather you're kind of going to go unless the roads don't allow you for the most part.
2: What's blackfish's motto? Because you can't choose the weather.
1: Can't choose the weather. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
2: Some of my best fishing days were in the most gnarly conditions I've ever remembered. Brutally cold and snow white out and everyone and their mom tells you you're an absolute idiot and you come home and go, I think I had the best day of fishing this entire month. So. Um, mm-hmm. you can't catch them from the couch and anyone that says they don't bite today is lying i don't know and in fishermen has proved this time and time again these fish eat every single day they might just eat less or eat more but they eat every single day
0: yeah yeah even then- when we were fishing the trout today like we we were out there on saturday and me and my buddy were both just laying uh chest down on the ice with our head in the hole i actually had like half my nose in the water i could still breathe but it's basically so i could see better and the fish are coming around like crazy, nipping at everything. We go out there today. We saw two fish, and it's just a it's just a large dugout that we have stocked. So it's like, they're you know they're in there. Like they can't be a mile or two away, right? And and yeah, we only saw we saw two. One of them bit kind of thing, and it's just they're eating. It's just kind of like you said, they might not eat as much. They might eat more, but it's just they're going to be eating somewhere. So
1: one of them bit a clam flutterspoon. I saw yeah. that.
0: Yeah, I actually have underwater footage of that. I should. I had my GoPro floating, facing I've seen down. That. Yeah, and there's only like six feet of water there, so um, should be something cool. I have to look at that still. But
1: one thing, uh, one thing I wanted to mention while we were on like the topic of like uh, tricking out traps and flip overs and whatnot, um, I get a lot of questions about like my. I have the Nanook XL thermal, and like when I bought it, I had to buy like the cover, um, a light bar, you know, some some accessories to kind of make it more, more usable, um, for what I wanted to, um, for what I wanted it to do. Um, but you guys came out with the ice team trap, um, edition of traps, uh, this year. And I think that was such a great idea. And I guess for those of you that don't know, like the ice team, uh, edition is, is that you can get the, the trap and it comes with these kind of essential accessories, like your light bar, the travel cover, a battery bracket. So you don't have to go out of your way to, try find these accessories you know if one retailer doesn't have it you're searching at another retail you're ordering it from in minnesota and you're in saskatchewan uh, and you're waiting on this you know you can order this trap and it's coming with the these essential uh accessories that you're wanting to order anyway. so i think that was just that's that was a really cool uh marketing tactic as well right you know it's kind of order your trap and it comes ready to go
2: yeah and i think so, uh, well, most anglers want that stuff and it's they always end up buying yeah. it so We just thought let's keep it simple you can buy it with that stuff or you can buy it plain you have two options and and i would say the ice team edition generally sells all first uh, because you get a little bit of a value if you add it all up versus breaking it down separately but yeah i mean you know you get the things you want right away and away you go and it's an easy sell and it makes sense and people don't have to question this this or this they just grab that model and they're set
1: Yeah. yeah One Another question while we're on the on the shelter topic, what is your favorite hub model? What is your favorite flip-over model?
2: You know, I I like the Yukon size myself on a flip-over. Uh, our yep. largest uh, size is going to be, well, we got three-person and four-person models now, but on a two-person flip-over, uh, the Voyager or the uh, X200 is your larger size. The Yukon, I think, is perfect uh, for probably versatility because... Any one of us could be fishing next to each other and have plenty of room in the Yukon. But it also fits nicely in a short bed box of a pickup truck, uh, back of a minivan, let's say a Suburban or a Tahoe, where if you go to a Voyager or a, a X200, you're to have a long box, so you got to drop your tail, tail tailgate, or you have to put it yep. on a trailer. So uh, it's great. It ha- they will, Those have more room. So I would say the Yukon is probably my, it's the one I guide out of. Uh, it, it's great. Yep. It has the inch and a quarter poles now, the good canvas, the good sled. It's beefy. That one's awesome. And for a hub house, you know, that's tough. Uh, that new lookout's pretty darn cool. It's a five-sided shack. I would say if I had to pick one hub house, it'd probably be an X400 just because uh, it's big enough for three guys, but it's not so big that uh, it, it gets heavy and gaudy and cumbersome if, if you get a lot of wind or or a lot of snow. Easy to maintain. Um, and it's got the X-Series rugged canvas hub system. So, I'd say X400 Yukon Thermal X letterbuck, I'm good to go for the season.
1: Perfect. There Those are go. the two that I thought you were going to pick. I picked the Nanook just because it's, it's a little smaller and it's super light. Like it's got the smaller sled. And, uh, you know, if, if that's what you're looking for, if you're looking for a two man, but uh, something super light that you can kind of manhandle yourself. Uh, the Nanooks, the kind of what I was going after. Uh, it does have the thinner, you know, the poles and stuff. It's not quite the durability of the Yukon, but, um, Yeah, definitely. Definitely thought those were going to be the two that you were going to pick, but I wasn't sure. They're good shacks, no complaints. Perfect. Sorry, I was just. I wanted to ask.
0: I noticed you mentioned. um, This isn't really, I guess, related to to any of your brands, but you mentioned the guys got this, 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 and then you said the Vexlars. Is is that more of a states thing, or a thing in the states? It seems like a lot. A lot more guys use the Vexlars compared to some of the other brands.
2: Yeah, I would say Vexlars is far and away the number one selling brand of electronics i mean they're the original right they're just like clam i mean they're the ones that started it all and it's just it's a durability thing like as a fishing guide like i appreciate and respect all the brands that are there don't get me wrong they all catch fish they all do fine uh but i know after working retail for many years i know what's in the uh reject pile at the end of the year i've seen it um it's hidden well from the public right but mm-hmm. I know what it looks like uh, and working in the industry and having good connections, to retailers, Vexlar is just tried and true. We never saw any of those broken. None of those came back. We never had a warranty them. Um, they've held up. I've been running them for 20 years. I've had my Vexlar fall off of my ATV and run it over. And I still <laughs> fish with it the rest of the day. And it's, it, 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 yeah. it's in six pieces. So durability is a big thing. I would say, I mean, a lot of guys here just were trained well early that You buy it once, you buy it right. You know, I have a Vexilar I bought with my dad when I was in high school. Uh, This was, uh, you know, over 20 years ago, 23 years ago. And uh, it still runs. And my 8-year-old will use that original FL-8 once in a while. I mean, that's unheard of in the electronics world. Their percentage of error is smaller than any electronics company, not just fishing. Any electronics company, their percentage of error is like the best in the world so I it bet. just yeah. doesn't fail so yeah the, the flasher thing and they're getting they they challenge themselves in the flasher world i mean they get criticized for not having an lcd gps they get that but that's their arena that's what they're yeah. good at um it's like yeah. telling mr heater oh why don't you make an air conditioner come on make, yeah. you can they could sure they could yeah uh, but that's not their yeah. arena So, and, and, and I know the guys have XLR well, and it does they don't, they're not offended by those comments because they don't want to get into the LCD arena. They don't want to get into GPS. They don't want to get into this or that. Like that's not, they're the best at making a, so a flasher bar Mm -hmm. and that's, they, they know how to stay in their lane. Um, that's how you catch fish live, 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 uh, live scope, active target. Super cool. They're awesome at finding fish. But then the Vexlar helps you catch fish. And uh, yeah. and I have both. But I'm a firm believer that that's your tool that helps you get the done. It's your fish's mood indicator. So, but yeah, it's hard pressed to find somebody without a flasher here. And yeah, the vast majority are Vexlar, But, you know, you do, you do see guys with Markums and, and Hummingbirds and, and other things down here as well. And they're definitely catching on. But it, I don't know the exact numbers, but it's still pretty astounding Vexlar domination around here. Yeah. yeah the country yeah, that,
0: yeah. that's the great that's the thing i find crazy here because i like i do know some i guess this would be a couple of years ago but yeah i knew some people that would would be using the vexes and then now it's pretty well like even going to cabela's or pokies and stuff like that
1: it's predominantly would, Brandon, would you say hummingbird for the most part here at least yeah like 85 percent hummingbird the only person that i know that has a Vexlar in saskatchewan is Tim Jenny?
2: <laughs> there's others, but uh, yeah, I think it's a distribution thing too. Uh, yep. I think Hummingbird has a Johnson has a distribution center up there, and and so you have d- distinct advantages. Getting stuff across the border is a nightmare on logistics, oh, yeah. and you look at it up there. I mean, there's like Clam doesn't have a distribution center in Canada either, so even Clam yeah. getting stuff, you'll see drastically less Clam stuff in Canada at a Cabello store than you will than you'll see at Cabela's Grand Forks, miles south of the border, they'll have ten times yeah. as much clam stuff. Um, it's so the distribution. Vexler has probably no distribution in Canada. I would have to imagine. So uh, distinct disadvantage. Distinct disadvantage yeah. on that one.
0: I, I will say though. Now you just kind of reminded me. There we have uh, a Vexler camera, and we got this. I don't even know how many years ago, and um like you said uh, we had a problem with it i think the screen just went black wouldn't work right we'd already we'd used it for a couple years and and dad called the number and he's like i'm pretty sure i just talked to like the owner like he's like that was like yeah and he said it was great service sent up a brand new screen we were good to go again and i still have that camera i replaced the the lead battery in it but that's that's batteries right it's gonna it's gonna happen but still use that same camera i wanted to find out how i could record with it and it took one i think it was one email to them and i knew, knew exactly everything i needed that, to buy kind of thing so yeah it is definitely good in that sense and i haven't have had any complaints about about that product at all like it's that thing has been riding in the back of sleds and the box of the truck kind of thing bouncing around and it's still it, it's it's simple i think is the big thing right it's you, you look at uh, especially once you get into led um the there's just more things that can go wrong, I guess, too, right? So that's where that kind of changes things a lot. But even even I'll so I, I run an ice thirty five and a helix seven um during ice season. But if I'm just if I'm hole hopping quickly or trying to set tip ups, I don't use the Helix seven because it has such a, a delay on when you first put it in, but that ice thirty five is instant. As soon as it hits the water, it's reading. So it's kind of I guess figuring out what you what you like but going back to the vex when i, when I first kind of started ice fishing and would go out with some friends my friend's brother had one and and still has it and still uses it and that was i don't know how many years ago and it's like you said it's just performs i guess right so makes sense i guess yeah that's the big thing it's rough like you said <laughs> you're going out to war up in here in saskatchewan too it's the temperatures and and everything and the led screens too those suck battery pretty good too so that's the other thing Oh, that was a that was a long wrap for me. Apologies to who, whoever's listening. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, you, I don't know if you're you're the guy to ask about this, but I, I've had questions about it, and um, I don't know if there's a whole lot of answers or not. Does is clam coming out or still continuing with the 120 volt ice auger, electric ice auger? Yeah, it's kind of a, well. Here's the the
2: funny thing behind that. Without getting in the weeds, is it was never a clam product. Um, yeah, we only yeah. emmed it with uh, Trophy Strike and just put the clam name on an auger just to help with marketing to have a piece. So, And obviously yeah. when things went south with them and their brand folded, you know here we are left with something with our name on it, which we're going to stand behind, but it's not our product. We didn't develop. We didn't design it. We didn't make it. Um, so yep. what we're trying to do right now is we're trying to work with somebody to bring in some additional batteries that we've tested that we've run through the gamut that uh we can take pride in that will work um okay will clam continue down that avenue i don't know i personally sure hope not um just because it was kind of a pain in the butt Uh, the auger was not a bad product like when when we had the ones that worked and they were dialed i used them a little bit Uh, it's too slow for me it's too cumbersome i'm too high spin on the ice i got to run a milwaukee drill in a small six inch bit and rip a bunch of ice and move fast but you know, we're trying to get that dialed in and figured out so that we can at least service the customers that have bought them and have some more available for people that are interested with that. But where the future goes with that, no one knows. I'm gonna to lean towards it's okay. probably gonna go away.
1: Yeah. No, I wasn't sure. I did have, I had a trophy, trophy strike. Actually it was my first electric ice auger uh, a few years back and um, yeah. And then right, there was kind of the transition. Some, some people were seeing the the blue clams that looked like trophy strikes and then people were making the correlation between the two. Uh, I know a cu- couple of people that have them and uh, I've had some people ask me, Hey, where can I get them? And it's just like, I don't think that's a thing right now, but I'm not too sure. I don't really have any answers. Um, kind of what's going on with that so I wasn't sure if if you had a whole lot of answers either but uh, I just wanted I just wanted to ask there you go now you got you got your answer there Brandon now you can go reply to
0: every single one of those comments or direct messages and let them know yeah three years
1: later yeah hey better better late than never but um yeah i mean we're coming up on an hour and a half here matt i know we told you we were only going to keep you for probably an hour um a lot of great topics a lot of great conversation um around the pro staff clan products the whole deal is there anything else that you you know want to touch on while while we got you here
2: no man i mean this was fun i i appreciate it uh it's always good just to chat fishing and, and especially with guys that have different perspectives and not somebody that fishes here right next to me all the time so it's always fun to see and uh I need to get back up there. I mean, the border is loosening up a little bit more and I think more people are getting in and out and it seems to be a little easier. And, you know, I used to make a trip to Canada every year and it's been a couple of years now. So I'm, I'm kind of excited to get back up there and do some fishing. Uh, don't know if it'll be this winter. We'll see. But if not this winter, definitely next summer.
1: Yeah, for oh, sure. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, you and about, uh, 50,000 other, uh, Midwest anglers that, <laughs> that are looking to get <laughs> up North here. But, um, if people want to find you on social media, if they want to follow along on on your, your fishing reports and your technique videos and, and whatnot, where can they find you on social media?
2: Uh, just type in Matt Johnson Outdoors. That's gonna, how you're going to find me on uh, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. That's pretty much the alias I use for all of it. Just uh, Matt Johnson Outdoors. And uh, you'll find me on any of those channels. And hit me up. Ask some questions. Like I told you earlier, I'm, I'm to a fault. I'll answer them at any given time. I'm pretty quick at getting back to people and engaging and having some fun.
0: For sure, and is that where people can get a hold of you if they want to get guided by you for for a day as well?
2: Yep, they can okay. do that. MattJohnsonOdors.com is the website. Websites I think are dying a bit, um, but social media is probably the easiest way. You send me a message and we'll chat. Cool.
1: Perfect. Yeah, thank you very much, Matt, for taking the time out of your busy day. Like you said, you did two other interview podcasts. Uh, you were at a trade show. Um, if you guys love clam, if you love blackfish, uh, any of those other products that Matt talked about, definitely go saw some, a follow on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and, uh, follow along on his journey. Awesome. Thanks guys. Uh, Matt had a lot of great insight, especially, you know, with a lot of young anglers and more people, uh, driving towards the social media side of the fishing industry. It was, it was great to kind of get an inside perspective from, from a guy that sees it every day, right? I mean, he manages so many people that uh, promote products and are on the promotional staff uh, for Clam Outdoors, Blackfish, etc. And there's a lot of people that have questions. So uh, we hope you guys got a little bit of information, you know, any questions that you might have had. We hope, you know, Matt answered them. If they didn't, you know, for sure, send Matt a message like, like he mentioned. He is an open book. He is very engaging on social media. And more than likely he's going to get back to you. So uh, reach out to Matt if you have any questions as well um, that you'd like us to maybe have Matt on in the future and um, talk about. Send us a DM or an email. Uh, All that information will be in the show notes below how you can contact Matt or us and um, just give us some insight
0: yeah for sure we we definitely enjoy seeing lots of the messages we get from people that are that are listening i the ones i personally like the best are when you see like a story or whatever of someone it's early morning they're driving out hunting or they're driving out fishing and and they're listening to it that's that's pretty cool i know like there's only certain things i'll listen to when i'm when i'm going out as far as podcasts and so it's pretty special that that people take the time to to listen to that and then especially to to shout it out and whatnot so definitely appreciate all the all the support we've gotten with that and like you said definitely open to answer any questions people might have we definitely don't know it all we just love to talk fishing but we also talk to lots of people and and whatnot so definitely don't be afraid to reach out
1: yeah and i mean you guys have been our listeners have been so unbelievable so far uh we started this podcast not really knowing where it was going to go if anyone was going to listen and um you know we've we've kind of gotten to the point where um Anchor has given us the option to actually monetize the podcast and make it a subscription-based show. Um, But we've kind of talked about it and decided that that's not really why we started this. We kind of just wanted to sit down, talk to people from across the industry, and kind of share experiences, knowledge, um, and just create a community um, for the Weekend Warrior, um, for you guys, the listeners. So uh, for now, we have decided that we're not going to monetize the show. It's going to stay free. It's going to be, you know, available across all the listening platforms that it is right now um and we just appreciate you guys tuning in so uh, we just kind of wanted to let you guys know that um it means a lot to us that you guys listen to these episodes um and the feedback is is appreciated beyond more than you understand
0: yeah for sure and i i think that's a big thing like we definitely want to to keep like especially these episodes where we're lucky enough to sit down with these people like we don't want that to be behind a paywall right so that's that's something that was a pretty easy decision. I think it's just to, to keep going with what we're doing here. We're having a lot of fun. Um, it's fun interacting with all the people, whether it's people we interview or the people that are, are shooting us a message and whatnot. So just wanted to make mention of that, um, some new, some new features and stuff that they had coming out. But uh, another thing that we're pretty thankful for is 13 fishing being our presenting sponsor. So um, like I kind of mentioned in the intro there, uh, Christmas, Christmas is huge. Right. Um, lots of things that you can, whether it's. Like I know, there's a lot of people. Actually, I'm surprised—not not surprised, but there's a ton of relationships where both of them love to go out fishing, and how like how easy and great of a gift could that be if you're just able to pick up something on the Thirteen Fishing website, whether it's some baits or a rod or a reel and stuff like that, right? And and that's no one's no fisherman's gonna complain about getting fishing stuff for Christmas, right? I know I really—I won't. Would you, Brandon?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely not, especially some of the products that Thirteen Fishing has dropped this season. Um, you know, I don't. I haven't checked lately since Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Um, what's all still available on the website? There might be some stock issues right now, um, just like there is everywhere. But uh, definitely hop on Thirteen fishingca ca. Use Weekend Warriors and save fifteen percent off the whole website. You know, if you, whether you're grabbing um, a family member, a friend, a spouse, uh, a rod, and, and you're going to grab yourself one as well. You're going to save 15% off that whole cart uh when you go to check out. So, um definitely something to keep in mind. My favorite ice fishing rod series is the Widowmaker and they just dropped a bunch of new um different types of models, handles, uh ext- etc. So go check out the Widowmaker series fi- ice fishing rod. Um and yeah, go get yourself some 13 fishing gear
0: yeah and then i guess we said one more thing to mention uh we've had a couple messages and stuff asking about if there's any kind of merch uh, whatever whatever that might be um so we just kind of wanted to put a general question out there you could slide into our dms let us know is just kind of i guess what might you be interested in um it's not something that we had thought about a ton but with the people asking about it we just thought we'd kind of put it out there and and see what people had to say i guess
1: yeah absolutely i mean Kind of everybody nowadays, if, if you got, if you got a brand, you're kind of just dropping your hoodies, your t-shirts, your hats. Um, we didn't want to go ahead with making all this kind of stuff or doing like drop shipping uh, through Teespring. Or, so we want to make sure if we're going to do it, we want to make sure that we're providing a high quality product and products that you, the listener, wants, something that the weekend warrior will wear and wear proud so if you have any ideas on um products that you'd like to see uh the weekend warriors merch drop um send us an email send us a dm we'd love to get your feedback on that yeah for sure like you said it's something that we would want to we'd eventually have to come up with the design and all
0: that kind of stuff right but stuff that people would actually want to wear like the biggest thing is taking that out and actually having it be useful, right? It's, it's, it's not a matter of just throwing some crap together and, and tossing it out there, right? Like we want it to actually be useful. We, that's the biggest thing, right? Especially ice fishing. You want something that's going to be keeping you warm. You want something that maybe like moisture wicking, stuff like that. So we, there's so many different choices, but we just thought we would put that out there and, and see what you guys
1: thought. And again, thank you so much for tuning in. This is the Weekend Warriors Fishing Podcast. We'll catch you on the next one.
0: Thanks for tuning in to the Weekend Warriors Fishing Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to leave a review on your favorite listening platform so we can reach more anglers just like you. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube for media updates and behind-the-scenes content.